0: All right. if I have not had the chance to meet you before, my name's Jacinda. Uh, I'm the other half of Matt, and uh, we have the delight of leading this wonderful church. And uh, we're thrilled to have you here this morning. You've kind of, you've joined us, if you're visiting with us, you've joined us at what is actually a really exciting time for us as a church. Uh, This year, at the start of the year, when we were praying, Lord, what is it that you're inviting us into and to step forward into this year? One of those things was prayer. Now that sort of sounds like, well, doesn't, that sort of goes without saying, doesn't it? You're a church. Um, however, we felt like God was kind of upping the ante and asking us to actually make this a primary focus for us this year, that and reaching out to others. And, uh, and so that's what we've been endeavouring to do. We didn't have some grand plan at the beginning of the year. We didn't have a model that we were following. In fact, God has repeatedly said to us and, and has uh, reminded me again even in the last few weeks, don't just adopt what somebody else is doing. Pay attention to what I invite you into. So what we've been trying to do is just to be attentive, to pray, to ask him to teach us, Lord, teach us how to pray. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of where we've been. And, and what we've done towards that end is that uh, we've had four places now or groups that have done the um, 24-7 prayer course. How many of you have done that now? There's a reasonable number. If you haven't, we'll do it again because it's just the most wonderful thing in terms of just equipping, kind of putting tools in our hands, encouraging our hearts and capturing us again with prayer. And uh, so we've had a bunch of people doing that. And then we felt when we finished a couple of those, I think our recent course has just finished in the last week or two, uh, we felt like God said, okay, now I want you to pray and I want you to do it for three days. So we did. That's what we're doing at the moment. So we started on Friday morning, and we've had people praying nonstop since then uh, until 4 o'clock this afternoon. So I think it's something like 55 hours straight of prayer, yeah. And, uh, and we had an amazing team of people that have worked uh, with me to help create a place at the Hub where really where it was just like, Lord, we just want you to come and to fill this place so that when people come, it's easy for them to enter into your presence, And, you know, we've been getting feedback from people. I've been getting texts or messages or just even this morning kind of people grabbing me as I'm coming in going, oh, man, I don't want this to stop. You know, I was talking to Joyce as I arrived, and she just said, I, you know, did a session yesterday. You did two sessions yesterday? Yeah. And she's keen. And uh, and she was like, I just don't want this to finish. So she went home and set up a space in her house so that she could go and just carry on. Uh, kind of took some of the ideas and stuff that she liked at the Hub and did that. So, I mean, honestly, that's an answer to prayer for those of us who did it. Um, and, and so, you know, we're coming to the end of this this weekend tonight. We're going to celebrate that. We're going to hear stories of what God, has God been up to with us over this weekend. And actually, this is just a taste and see kind of a weekend because we're going to try, God willing, uh, to do 24-7 in November. So 24 hours for seven days which will mean all of us need to jump on in onto that. So honestly, if you have not had the opportunity to go and experience some of the, the prayer room this weekend, pop in this afternoon, come tonight, because you'll get a taste of what that is. Most people, when they signed up for an hour at the beginning of this thing, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, it's an hour. Oh. You know, like, how am I going to survive an hour? And yet most of what we're hearing back is people just going, oh my gosh, an hour was not long enough. I need more time. You know, it's like, camp. I'm camping there next Time for a few hours. Um, So honestly, if you want to be inspired, if you want to be encouraged in prayer, go there this afternoon. So anyway, you've arrived right smack in the middle of that if you're visiting with us today. And as you can tell, I'm ever so slightly excited about it. All right. So prayer, let's just be really clear. Matt spoke about prayer last week, but basically all we're talking about when we're talking about prayer is conversation with God. Yeah? So uh, that happens. We talk to people that we love, don't we? Have conversation. It's this two-way thing. And so what I'm going to do this morning is just share three thoughts on prayer in general, and then I'm going to look at four key ingredients that we bring to prayer. And I'm going to have uh, the assistance of some of the other members of the church. So you won't just have to listen to me today. But why don't we pray as we enter into this thing? So Lord, we are... Oh my goodness, I'm so excited about what you're doing with us in this whole area of prayer. And I ask, God, that you would come and that you would once again capture our hearts for you. I pray, God, that anything that I say that's of you, Lord, would you just make that go deep in our hearts and our spirits. And, Lord, that whatever you want to do in us in prayer this morning, Lord, would, would you do that? We, we just say yes to you this morning once again. Amen. All right. Intimacy. That's really what prayer is all about. It's the heart of prayer, it's all about intimacy. It's about developing this relationship that we have with Jesus and with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. You know, when we say yes to Jesus, we come into this relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're enveloped in it, we're invited into this wonderful thing, this dynamic relationship. And there's an intimacy there between them that they share with us and that we can step into. And it's just the most amazing thing. John Dawson, who uh, headed up YWAM for a number of years, and uh, he writes and speaks a lot on prayer and reconciliation all around the world. He says this, everyone prays. Even non-Christians pray. The difference when Christians do it is that they're climbing into the lap of their heavenly Father. It's about intimacy. It's about closeness. You know, Jesus modeled that and he taught us that. You know, if you think about it, um, when the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, he taught them what we now call the Lord's Prayer. And what does it start with? Our Father. Right from the get-go, there's this intimate relationship. There's this father-child relationship. Right from the very beginning that Jesus is saying, this is how you pray. You step into this intimate relationship. That's what the invitation is for us when we come to prayer. It's father and child. Now, we have three daughters— uh, we've only got one of them living at home with us at the moment. It, we've had radical changes at home in the last two months, which I have to say as a mummy leaves my heart slightly bruised. Um, they're having a great time. Uh, I'm just the one that's waiting at home for them to come home. Um, so, uh, so our eldest daughter, is, she moved out. She's living literally 15 minutes from my house. <laughs> uh, but she's just not around as much. And, uh, and then our middle daughter, Sarah, just moved to Canada on Monday And she's away for the next four months travelling around Canada and the States. And I've got to tell you that in terms of ongoing conversation and communication and just being part of each other's lives and just talking... I miss that all the time, every day. Incidental, just nothingness that we talk about some of the times, as well as the big things. So when I get a phone call from Becca, she frequently rings me in her lunch hour. I think because she's just, you know, needs someone to talk to because she's an extrovert plus plus plus. Um, And it's not always because hey, because I need. Can I come over for dinner tonight? You know, because I need food. Um, It's frequently it's just to talk about her day or what happened last night or what's happening tonight or what's you know what she's thinking about. It's just, it's just anything. You're laughing. you got daughters? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I love it. I, you know, I see that call come through any time between 12 and 1. I'm like, yep, here we go. It's only like 10 minutes or so, but it's just that connecting. It's just that ongoing of doing life, you know, together as much as we can, even though we're not living in the same house anymore. You know, with Sarah, you know, that's a whole new world that we're trying to figure out. How do we maintain our, you know, our connection, our relationship with one another when she's now having all these adventures on the other side of the world, and we're here? I know. (laughs) Patchy Wi-Fi at the camp, unfortunately. Um, But, you know, like, we're having to rediscover. How do we communicate? How do we stay connected? How do we keep that intimacy and that family connection going? Because, you know, what communication changes, any one of us that have been in a long-term friendship or, you know, married or anything like that, we know that our modes of communication change for different seasons of life. Often what worked for us before we had kids doesn't work so great when we've got the kids in the mix and we have to change things. You know, I know for us at the moment, as our kids are leaving, we have to change things all over again. So, you know, like we have to, it's a dynamic growing thing and that's the same in our relationship with God. We have this heavenly Father who just wants to hear about our day. All of it. You know, the stuff that feels small and insignificant, as well as the big things that we're grappling with. All of it. He's just saying, you know, prayer is us climbing into the lap of our heavenly Father and just chatting with Him, conversing with Him, being intimate with Him. This is not one of the things on the Christian checklist. It's not a box to be ticked done. Okay, I can feel good about myself, dust off the halo, off I go. It's not about that, it's not a skill to be mastered, it is about us developing intimacy with our Father in heaven. In First Thessalonians 5:16 to 18, and we're told this, be cheerful no matter what, pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens, this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. He wants us to live in this place of praying all the time. It's like, how on earth am I going to do that? I've got a day. You know, like, I've got things to do today. Talk to Him as you go. You know, in in a lot of traditional, um, you know, churches, they'll have uh, rhythms of prayer. I've just... Many of you know, I've just come back from, uh, I went over to Ireland, England and Wales. And one of the places I visited there, because they are famous for prayer, and I'm all about Lord, teach me to pray so that we can learn together. I'll give away whatever he gives me. But I went there and it's called Brennan. It's in a small place um, in southern Wales. And honestly, it's in the middle of nowhere. And uh, God's been doing some amazing things. Now, they come out of an Anglican tradition. And so you can go and join them in the chapel and they have rhythms of prayer through the day. And you can join them at sort of morning, noon, five o'clock. Some nights they do a a nine o'clock session. And it's very liturgical. Do you know what I mean by that? So any of us that have grown up in liturgical churches, we're like, oh yes, we know what that means. It's, it's a very, uh, one person leads the prayer part and then we will have a response that we read together and there's uh, worship sort of interspersed in there. Songs from the uh, 70s and 80s that I've not visited for some time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was relearning. Um, but it's, it's a wonderful rhythm that they infuse through their daily life. Now, not all of us can do that. But some of us can, you know, like I have gone through seasons where I've used my phone and I've just put in the hours and it's an alarm that just comes up and it just reminds me, just turn my mind back to the Lord, turn my heart back to Him at various times throughout my day. It doesn't have to be a big, long thing if I'm in the middle of work or, you know, with somebody or anything like that. But it's just a, it's a, just a reminder of like, okay, let me just recenter myself. Let me reconnect with my Father. You know, uh, Henry Nouwen, who was a Dutch Catholic priest and theologian, he says in his book, In the Way of the Heart, pray always in Greek means to come to rest. So praying always is about coming to rest. So let's put those two images together. You know, Richard Foster's talking about us being in the arms of our Father. Let me read you this little thing. One day, a friend of mine was walking through a shopping mall with his two-year-old son. The child was in a particularly cantankerous mood, fussing and fuming, and the frustrated father tried everything to quiet his son, but nothing seemed to help. The child simply would not obey. And then, under some special inspiration, the father scooped up his son and, holding him close to his chest, began singing an impromptu love song. None of the words rhymed. He sang off-key. And yet, as best he could, this father began sharing his heart. I love you, he sang. I'm so glad that you're my boy. You make me happy. I like the way you laugh. On they went from one store to the next, and quietly the father continued singing off-key and making up words that didn't rhyme. The child relaxed and became still, listening to this strange and wonderful song, And finally they finished shopping and went to the car. And as the father opened the door and prepared to buckle his son into the car seat, the child lifted his head and said simply, sing it to me again, daddy. Sing it to me again. Prayer is a little like that. With simplicity of heart, we allow ourselves to be gathered up into the arms of the father and let him sing his love song over us. Intimacy, climbing into our father's lap, and it's a place of rest. We can lean into that. We can get comfortable there. We can stay there. We can choose to stay there. Picture this. You know, a dad's invitation. Many of you have children and, you you know, you've been through this, so just remember back, but put yourself in the place of the child this time. You get, child comes home at the end of a day and at their father's invitation, they climb up on the couch, clamber into his lap and start telling him about their day. Their stories, their highs and lows, their fears, their hurts, their excitement until they're spent. You know how that goes when they're full of stuff and they just go blah and then you just wait and then they just relax in and then they listen to the deep, reassuring rumble of their dad's voice as he speaks into all of those things. There are questions that are passed to and fro. There are perspectives given and received. There's advice. There's words of wisdom imparted, words of affection and comfort, words of affirmation and identity, supported by this loving embrace that is given and received. This is the place where our Father's heart and His thoughts shape ours. It's this ongoing conversation in the arms and the lap of our Heavenly Father. That's what prayer is the invitation to. And I don't know about you, I want that. I need that desperately all the time. And that's why, you know, at the beginning of the year when God invited us into this thing of prayer, for me personally, I was just like, pick me, yes. I want more than what I know already. And what i found, and I think all of us find, is that as we lean into that and as we spend time there, we discover that this place of resting in our Father's arms, this intimate place, this place of rest, is also a place of transformation. Prayer creates a pathway where our lives are transformed. Richard Foster again says, to pray is to change. Our circumstances are the things that often bring us to our knees, aren't they? whether they're the things that we are so over, you know, over the top excited about or things are going amazingly well and we're just like, God, life is amazing, I'm so excited, or full of gratitude for this person or this event or this season of life that I'm in. Or it could be the things that, oh God, oh God, oh God, are you there? Because I am dying inside. Whether it's our highs or our lows, it's frequently our circumstances that bring us to our knees, to a place of prayer. And yet, the thing that God is most interested in changing and transforming is not our circumstances. It's us. It's us. He uses all of the circumstances of our lives, all of it, none of it's wasted. But that's not his priority his priority is us and who we are. Pete Greig, who is the uh, accidental founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, if you've never read his book um, about the beginning of the movement, it's called Red Moon Rising, I would highly recommend it to you. It's an amazing read. And he talks about the conversation that he had early on in the piece with a, a Franciscan priest called uh, Brennan Manning, who you may have heard of. He, he's written a book, most famous book is um, The Ragamuffin Gospel. And in this conversation, this is what they talked about. In the contemplative traditions, he told me, Brennan told Pete, prayer is not primarily about changing things out there. It's first and foremost about changing something in here. The most powerful thing that can happen in the place of prayer is that you yourself become the prayer. You leave the prayer room as Jesus' hands and feet on the earth. God is most interested in what happens in us. And if it takes the circumstances of our lives to get us to that place of clambering up onto the couch and into his lap, then so be it. But how much more there is for us than just that periodic time-to-time kind of thing? There's this opportunity for us to learn how to just live there, to stay there and have this ongoing, intimate conversation with him. That's his invitation. All right, so that's my three things that I wanted to talk about in terms of just prayer in general. But while I was traveling, I I think I was sitting on a train at one particular point. There was a lot of trains and a lot of cars and a lot of planes but that was all right. Uh, And in the midst of that, I was just trying to capture different things that I felt like God had kind of been talking to me about. And uh, and one of those things is these four ingredients that I think that we bring to prayer. A lot of it is His invitation and His stirring in our hearts and our response to that. But we bring some things to this as well. And one of those things is a hunger for God. I love the fact that this morning, the worship team didn't know what I was exactly gonna say today, but we sang about hungering for God, about seeking Him and about that the fact that He would satisfy us there. You know, it's often, we can come to prayer, sometimes not because of our circumstances, it's just the shift in our heart that's like, there just has to be more. I just want more, you know, or I'm just incredibly frustrated with my status quo right now. I feel like I've just, I've been stuck in this one place in terms of my spiritual growth for ages and I've had enough. I just want more. Your desperation, you know, God, meet me. Bless him, he does. Psalm 42, one to two says this. This is King David in the Old Testament who wrote this. He was a worshiper. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My God, where can I go and meet with God? And I think that's one of the things about this prayer room. You know, everyone, most of us have been at the hub. We know it is just a concrete block room. There's nothing, you know, spiritual. Doesn't have stained glass windows. Doesn't have incense and beautiful lights or candles. You know, we don't have any of that. It's just concrete blocks and concrete floor and white walls. It's nothing fancy. What makes it this incredible place is God's presence. And this hunger that we bring when we come to meet with Him there. And He meets us, He satisfies us. Now, there's someone I thought I'd get to talk to you about their experience with that. Um, Sam was so keen to come to the prayer room him and his fiancée actually went there two weeks ago, early, at what time in the middle of the night? Two in the morning. They were ready to go, except we hadn't set up yet, and uh, they might have got the date slightly wrong. Um, but anyway, but they did go last night, uh, no, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday morning, two o'clock, or 1.30 or something it was, and you were there for a couple of hours. So Sam, why don't you come on up and talk to us a bit about that? All right, so uh, so, as soon as we put out the sign-up sheet, you were like in, two o'clock, Saturday morning, why?
1: Because, uh, well, Sarah and I, we were, um, well, a few years ago, we were in Kansas City um, and at IHOP, which is a 24-hour prayer movement, um, and I was an intern there, and Sarah was on staff as well, and we were on the night watch, which is 12 to 6 a.m., and the purpose of that really for me is I mean as soon as I saw it I'm like boom that's what I want because that's where I don't know in the middle of the night when you're giving up sleep and you're kind of pushing things away just to seek God for me it was like a time where I've felt the most intimate and and close and um, yeah when you talked about rest it's yeah again that rest and that that peace and that, this that closeness um, that, that I I, I haven't I, I don't feel elsewhere except at two or three in the morning. So, there
0: you go. and so tell us about what it was like for you last night or well, that Friday night.
1: Yeah, so I actually <laughs> wrote something down within about 10, 15 minutes of um, coming in, and I'll read it. At, um, and funnily enough, it says, "Rest. Come to me, and you will find rest." Shush, don't talk. Don't say you're not welcome. Just be, my friend, my son, my one. Quiet your soul and fix your eyes upon me. You give me great delight. Well, it's me. Marshall. <laughs> you make me smile and you bring me joy. I will restore you. Just look at me. Don't perform. Don't run. I have made you worthy. I have chosen you, son. Welcome. You are welcome. Home in the embrace of my arms. And so... And so that like that whole time was just um, I don't know welcome and it was just so great like I just felt so yeah so at peace and again yeah it's 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 that getting your or arm, his arms wrapped around you so you can just tell him how you feel good or bad um, explicit words or not <laughs> and um, yeah and so yeah it's I don't know for me that was I don't know I can tell him and be completely honest about how I feel in that moment and um, he doesn't care what I'm saying he just wants me to talk and to get it out and to comfort me so that was pretty much it and then in that time it was yeah cool cool intercessory um, prayer time as well just personally um, and for that last hour praying out loud I always find quite uncomfortable and awkward and so it was kind of funny like to me and so it was kind of just like a conversation and I'm brought up to God how awkward I was feeling speaking out loud and I'm like, well, no one else is here, so that was a, a funny joke between me and God. So, <laughs>
0: that's very cool. I know when we were talking yesterday, and I was asking you um, if your previous experience for this had, because you knew that you met him there, just sort of it fed your hunger for an anticipation of, I just know that he'll meet me there.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, it was just, well, Sarah and I, we wrote down straight away. we were like, yep, that's it. Like, because we, it's just, it's just, like, no, like, I know. Like, I, yeah, it's like. I know that he'll he, he'll meet me there, um, and so it's kind of just like this. I don't know. It's exciting. Like it's exciting to to wake up in the middle of the night and go and pray. Like there's nothing more. Like I don't know. It's 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 like revitalizing. It's all of the, those awesome words that bring you life. And so um, when you're like yeah, you feel a bit tired, but it's like what's going on inside is like real, just so deep. And so. For doing that over and over again, it was just, I just knew. And again, we were just talking, like, we'll do it again, like, when, in November. Like, we may even do every day. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Work. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for sharing some Sorry. of that. It's real personal, but we appreciate that. Cool. Thank cool. You. <laughs> you. You heard that here, hey? It's exciting waking up in the middle of the night to pray. <laughs> Love it. All right, one of the things that you mentioned yesterday, Sam, was that this is a place that you belong in this place of prayer. I loved that. All right, one of the other things that we bring, um, actually, you know what, guys? I'm going to skip one, and we're going to go straight to expectation. So uh, one of the other things that we bring is um, this expectation of encountering God. And I think that's part of, you know, why when we have the prayer room, people are coming with an expectation that he's here, you know, something's going to happen. I'm not going to be the same when I leave. And, um, but I think we kind of need to broaden our perspective of what encountering Him looks like. Uh, I think oftentimes we think, you know, to pray means I need to kind of cloister myself away in this little room in my house or maybe a corner of my lounge, uh, close the door. You know, it has to be really quiet. And I bring out my shopping list of uh, requests to the Lord and I just rattle through those and then I'm good to go for the day. Nah, there's way more than that. In terms of encountering God, He wants to meet with us all the time, anywhere, through anything and any person that we meet. It might be that as we are watching a movie, He captures our attention with one line, or, or the same or the book that we're reading. Or it could be in the middle of a conversation. Honestly, the amount of times I'm in the middle of a conversation with someone and I just quickly pull out my phone and I'm just reassuring the other person I'm not texting, I'm actually just writing down what you're saying because I don't want to forget it. Because there's this moment where it's like, okay, I know that was Nikki saying that, but actually God's there and I need to pay attention. You know, it could be... Um, a song that we're listening to, it could be that we're out and about walking on the beach or in the bush or whatever it is, that God just sort of captures our attention with something and that's what we want to get good at, is paying attention to what he captures us with. Whether that's a phrase, whether that's a, something we see, whether that's something someone says, so that we don't miss it, so we pay attention to what holds us and then ask him, what is that? What is that about? What is it you're trying to say? Don't let me miss this. That is part of our ongoing, this nature of prayer. And we're the ones that can bring that expectation of encountering Him that way. So it, are we kind of taking, you know, often we stick it in this little small box of what prayer looks like and just going really big with it. And so I've asked Melissa. Where's Melissa? Oh, she's hiding up the back. Now, Melissa and Anna were part of the team that actually created uh everything that happens at the hub and uh and i asked if she might be willing to come share some stuff with us about this whole thing of encountering god all right guys (laughs) welcome Yeah, you can do that okay all right so we talked a little bit yesterday about this whole thing of encountering him how he speaks our language and uh and what that looks like for you and what he's done so i'll let you go
3: yeah Uh, cool Um, Well, for me, I guess I've always found, like, images and artwork to be just really impacting and, sorry, Um, just really impacting and powerful, and that's something that's always captured my heart and really, like, moved me, seeing a really cool piece of artwork, and um, I guess for me, I've started to hear and encounter God through, like, visuals a few years ago in worship, just in the stillness, not, like, praying for anything and just stilling my mind. These just images of animations and colors and just crazy forms that that, like I could not think of myself and I was like wow like God can talk to us in such a personal way and it just got me excited all over again I'm like oh they can visually like audibly hear God they talked through trees and all like crazy things and you're like what's my language I can talk to God in and I was like it's so personal to each of us like how he's designed us he wants to talk to us in that way and I guess that's what got me really excited, being an artist, that he would, yeah, just visually do that in the stillness, I guess. and Yeah, and I guess that's the challenge, to keep being still for him to talk to us. I'm like, oh, God, stop talking to me, or I can't hear him. But I've actually created no time to be still and actually just, yeah, just to hear him, hear his voice. Very
0: cool. Yeah. Now, you and Anna set up a, an area in the hub that's kind of around some of this. So what, what did that, where did that come from or what, what, were, you, what were you thinking?
3: Yeah, um, so there was a like corner and it's got like a wall of scriptures then like a wall of photographs, some of my husband's artwork and the painter Akayane. I don't know if you've heard of her before and it was taking um, photos and looking at them three separate times and just taking in the shapes, the colours, the forms and letting feelings come to you and then going back to it and praying like, God, what do you want to show me through this photo? And, like, just being still in that. And, um, yeah, that was, that was really cool how, like, I was just talking to a few people that did it as well because your initial thoughts and then you pray, like, what would you like me to show, like, through this picture? So, um, yeah, no, it's been really cool. a different cool. way of mixing it up.
0: Yeah, and I've been hearing back that lots of people have been finding that really, really yeah. great. So, you've got notes. I don't want uh, yeah. to, like, <laughs> rain on your parade. Oh, that's
3: cool. Yeah, I guess... Um, there's one um, quote from I was with Youth With a Mission for a while in Brisbane and I had a teaching on prayer and one of my teachers said something that really um, challenged me, she's like I never want to get so proud that I stop talking to God Mm. and I was like wow, I never want to get so proud that I stop talking to him because there's times and weeks I don't talk to him at at all but like I think once we know how he can be such a life source like Mm. we can keep drawing up things each day we realise how much we need him and I guess, I guess for me, I sometimes don't talk to God because I don't feel worthy or I don't feel like I have it all together to talk to God. Like he's such a big, mighty God that it just baffles me that he would want to talk to us. Like, and it excites me as well. But I think his heart's that we just come as we are. We don't have to have it all together or we don't, we've only known for a month or 50 years. He just wants us to come and just be. And yeah, it's been an awesome space for that just to just to be in his presence and see what that looks like.: very cool.
0: Yeah, very cool. Thank you so much.: yeah. You know just as Melissa's saying that thing about often she doesn't talk to God because she doesn't feel like she's worthy. I think a lot of us struggle with that at different times. And um, I know Aunt and Becky are here for the first time with their, uh, we have a new addition to our family uh, called Tamson. And she's like tiny and adorable, and they're here today with her, so you might get a wee peek of her in her little capsule. Um, but what comes to mind is I'm pretty sure that you love your baby. She hasn't done anything for you thus far, has she? No. In fact, she's probably kept you awake and given you a whole lot more work to do. Yeah. And, uh, and that's God doesn't, doesn't love us because of what we can do for him or how good or otherwise we are. We just are. Like their baby just is. She's theirs. She's their baby, their daughter. That's how he feels about us. So don't ever let that, if you have that niggling away in the back of your head or your heart, just tell the enemy where to go and remind yourself whose you are, okay, and talk to your dad. Okay, last point. One, so we're not going to do four, we're going to go down to three because I need to make time. Um, So the last one that we're going to talk about, that one of those key ingredients that we bring is perseverance. Now, uh, we live in a pretty instant society, hey? Where it's like, okay, I want, what do I want? I want my Google search, boom, done. Okay, there's the information I have that I was looking for. I want my takeaways. And if it's not on the counter within, like, what, a minute or two, we're like, man, this is so slow, you know, (laughs) this is not fast food. Everything we want is like now, you know, we live in the country, our internet speed is not always brilliant, Um, and so, you know, sometimes you want to download a movie uh, to watch on Sky or something, and you look at the, you know, how long it's going to take to download, it's like, just like five minutes. Actually, sometimes it's been like hours. But, um, you know, even five minutes feels like, you know, ridiculous. It should be just right now. This is not how prayer works. In fact, it's not how any, any relationship works. Nothing is instant. Nothing good is created instantly, really. You know, nothing of any lasting value. And we know that inherently, don't we? But we have this kind of, I don't know, love it, struggle with it, Relationship with prayer, where we kind of bring some of those unrealistic expectations with us, and so that doesn't help us when things are actually tough, or if we just have this long, kind of prolonged season of waiting or with struggling with a thing. In Romans 12:12, 12, 12, it says, "Be happy because of the hope that you have. Do not give up when trouble comes. Pray all the time. It's that pray all the time again come and rest. When trouble comes, come and rest. Your hope comes not from the stuff that happens around you, it's from who you're with in it. So I know that we have people in the church that are waiting for jobs or they're waiting to sell their homes or they're waiting to try and buy their home or they're waiting for healing for long-term health issues or they're waiting and struggling for restoration in their relationships. I know that, and I know that it's hard. So please don't hear me diminishing that at all. I know that these things are real, and they're stretching, and they're hard. But it takes, Brennan Manning says, it takes heroic courage to trust in the love of God no matter what happens to us. Heroic courage. Don't ever let anyone say that following Jesus is like, you know, easy peasy heroic courage to trust in God regardless of what happens to us. I've asked Pete if he would come and share a little bit about what perseverance in prayer and holding on to that hope looks like as he waits in their context. Mr. Pete Manser. Yeah, thank you. you
2: know, I wanted to share some words from a famous man, um, Winston Churchill, yeah. who apparently never actually really said this speech, but it's been quoted that never ever 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 give up and um, I'd like to talk about um, that in my own life I think for the last 20 years I've been praying for the salvation of my family and he's done a good job Um, only one to go so um, and that's that's 20 years and it was only last year my sister was saved um, and a couple of years before that mum and so I'm just saying you know you just you just don't give up, and to encourage you, um, when do you know? I mean, when you're praying for something, I just pray until I get a peace, and it sort of means, okay, I've given it to, to God, and for then I will to get a peace, and I think, well, okay, I've done it, and until tomorrow, and then I'll do it again. You know, so it's it's one of those things, but but never give up. And um, one thing I've learned is that in some situations, um, when you pray, it doesn't change the situation. So the situation doesn't change at all, but you start changing. So in some situations, especially for family things where we've been praying for a long time, um, things haven't changed, but my attitude's changed. God's changed my heart. Mm. So I can have a peace about the situation, even though it's still what it was like two years ago. Mm. It's God's doing something. And I had a situation at work which was, you know, for a couple of years, it was pretty untenable. Why... Did God take two years to sort it out? I don't know, and I still don't know. Maybe he wanted to teach me something, and maybe in the future I'll be able to share with you what that meant to me. But, um, yeah, don't give up. And um, one thing I have found when I've been praying, um, I pray for a situation. Like, for example, I've, I've only got four days of a job left. Do I have a job yet? No. Am I worried? No. God has told me what he's doing. So he hasn't given me a job, but what he, what he has done is along the way he said, Peter, I think you should do this. Okay, Peter, stop doing that. Okay, yes, God, okay. So it's, it's, he's not given me what I want, but he's telling me that he's there yeah. and that it's all okay, so I'm not worried. So, and and um, you know something came up on Friday, thanks to the home group, we were praying specifically that God would, would come back with something on Friday to encourage me, and he did. So I've got a couple of good opportunities that, that may happen. If they don't, I'm still not going to be worried because I know that God has got it in his own timing. God's timing is perfect. He doesn't always answer what you expect or when you expect. But I encourage you, just keep going, guys, because he's always there. He always answers. Thanks.
0: Can I just ask real quick? Because yeah. there's an emotional roller coaster that happens in the waiting. Yes. Like we go from, yes, I'm full of confidence, to, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? What's helped um, in, in the constancy of praying and trusting yeah, and all well,
2: that? Yeah, well, I just... Do it. You know, it's like sometimes you don't feel like you're going to do it. Um, and I think we talk about faking it till we're making it. And some days you do. You just get up there and you, you say it. And you think, yeah, well, that's gone nowhere, isn't it? But, you know, there are times when you think, wow, thank you, God, you've, su- you've done something. So it's just, you just keep trying. And don't be discouraged if, if you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the walls or you feel like you're just faking it. Because it's all about, you know, keeping us going and and encouraging ourselves by doing it. Um, And, you know, it's the situations I'm still praying for and I've been praying for for years and they haven't changed, but, um, you know, maybe there's some more stuff that God needs to teach me, you know.
0: Hmm. Thank you so much. Very cool. Um, It was interesting that Pete just mentioned, you know, on, on Thursday they had their life group praying for them for encouragement. We do this together. And we really need each other when we're going through some of those long times of like having to really dig it in with perseverance. And I think the thing is, you know, in First Timothy 2 verse 1, Paul tells us, the first thing I want you to do is pray. Pray every way you know how for everyone you know. There's no rule to this. There's no template on how this is supposed to be done. It's just pray the best you know how and God will teach you more. You know, he's going to lead us in this thing. I think this way of living becomes easier. Richard, are you able to pop that picture up again of the dad and the baby? I think it gets easier for us to learn how to live this if we can choose to put ourselves there and to stay there. You know, to, to just be in that embrace of a loving, attentive father and have this ongoing conversation with him just as our lives unfold day by day, moment by moment. Teresa of Avila, who was a Carmelite nun in the 16th century, said, there is but one road that reaches God, and that is prayer. And that is something that he's inviting us into, all of us. So if you haven't, can I encourage you to visit the prayer room this afternoon? Or come tonight and hear some of people's stories about how God's met with them over this last couple of days or what he's been saying to us. Or go to, life, go to a life group. Talk to people, you know, about what's helped them with praying. But determine in... You know, my prayer is is that each one of us would determine in our hearts to climb into our dad's lap and determine in our hearts to learn to pray. And that we just keep asking them, Lord, teach me to pray. Okay? Cool. Why don't we stand?